Yeah. Morning, universe. It is 828 in the 303 on the 7th of December in the lottery wheel year of your choice. Let's call this year X81. What do you say, Phoebe? In the year X81 on the 7th of December, what were we supposed to remember? Oh, yeah, the 38 showers we took yesterday while suffering a flare-up of cannabinoid hyperemesis syndrome. So, when I woke up this morning and managed to take a shit, yeah, booyah! Oh, Phoebe, that is embarrassing. When a booyah becomes taking a shit, that's when you know you're old. And obviously I'm old. But I'm not so old that I can't remember to go do my pregame checklist like blow my nose, so... I ain't senile or full-blown dementia yet. Well, maybe I am. You decide. Okay, numbers one, two, and three. Blow your nose. Go to the bathroom and get out of your birthday suit. Check, check, check. Just a microphone. That's number four. So we gotta get the microphone adjusted too. Is that the right level? Is that the... Is that... Is that... Perfect. Uh, turn off unnecessary machines like laundry and vacuum. I would hope I wouldn't leave the vacuum machine on while I'm doing this, but I did write that, so I guess that's a concern. And grab a beverage. Shake Phoebe's hand. Done. What's up, Phoebe? Got my beverage. My beverage and my beverage. And mumble, stumble, bumble out of the gate. Check, 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 and check, check. All right, let dog out, uh, let cat in, and other various pregame warm-up activities have all been completed, so much like a professional football club, we're ready to take the field and look ridiculous. Ah, ah. All right, and I'm an American, so football means different stuff to me, so shut up, all you world. Um, okay, what should we talk about? Should we get back to that post office box? Or should we go down to those lists on the floor? Um, probably all of the above, right? I have today and tomorrow off. And I sort of, okay. <coughs> excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Um, all right. Am I succumbing to the whimsical fancy of the calendar year situationals um, when I say I have targeted recording through January 1st the next 48 episodes of I Could Be Wrong which, yes, if you're doing the math with me considering today's the 7th and 6 days of November are already gone that means I have to do roughly two a day. There would be one or two days I could get away with just doing one. So, what I'm thinking is if I could pop three or four today and tomorrow and get myself, uh, say, to episode somewhere around 10 to 13 um, by the end of, uh, of tomorrow, well, then... Uh, if I could just manage two a day for the next three days through Sunday, well, then I've got 20 in the bank 
on the 11th. So you figure I could have 40 in the bank by the 22nd. And then that just leaves 13 to do during those last, what, uh, 10 days? And that seems at least doable, even if aggressive. And the one thing I'm not going to do is force that scenario with anything less than something of value to say. Nor am I going to chop everything up into six-minute segments. I've seen that my wheelhouse for uh, discussion episodes are around 25 minutes. And honestly, disappointingly, more like 22.3, which is the exact length of a fucking half-hour sitcom in America. Ah! So programmed am I. But, um... Something around 25 minutes, something around an hour. Those seem to be the ranges that I work in. Uh, And since I work in both equally, I assume that trying to put four one-hour shows together on a day uh, is more than even I have in me. So if I'm doing multiple episodes, you can expect that they're not going to be one-and-a-half-hour deep dives. They'll be more 30-minute discussions on something of interest. Now, why would I force myself to do this? Well, for one, I thought when I started all this that it would be no problemo to get to 300 episodes. In fact, I had a optimistic target of somewhere around 500. Oh my God, I know in retrospect that seems so ridiculous. Um, but 300, 300 doesn't seem ridiculous. In fact, 300 I think is the spot that... Uh, well, doing a little math, and I know everyone hates math, but if you think of the annual production, nine-to-five, five-day-a-week work week uh, slots as uh, a human's productivity here in America, then there's 260 days, 261 possibly, of productive time in the year if you do a single day of work, Monday through Friday, without taking a week or a day off. And this is not work. What I'm doing here is pleasure. What I'm doing here is clarity. What I'm doing here is self-referential. What I'm doing here is opening my mind to its its mistakes and uh, oversights in a way that um, is enriching my life. There there is so much I'm gaining from this that I can't pretend that I don't want to persist doing this. But I can also say that I don't want it to come out to 261 episodes. Because to me, that feels like laborious coincidence of numerology. If I love what I'm doing, then I should be able to produce more than just the standard 9-to-5 worker who goes to Amazon to pick packages. So, 265 episodes it is, right? And the reason I want to go all the way to January 1st is, A, that's a sweet day to end uh, a module on. And... Two, I didn't record anything last year on the first. So technically, my years go from the second to the first. And if I don't give myself the full annual 365 days in which to play, well, then I don't deserve to hold myself to the 261 days of productivity standard. Now, what if I just mail it in and do four more episodes and call it good on 225? Well, that would be 200. What would that be? 222? Ooh. Um, uh, yeah, but see, 
the other thing that getting to 265 does is it helps overcome the doldrum, the brain lock, the physical fatigue that forced me out of conversational um, clarity for too long. I wanted to record. In fact, I tried to record several times over my breaks, but it just wasn't there. And so, to me, one of the reasons I fell further and further away from myself over life was that as I incrementally let false presentations of myself exist, well, continue that pattern for long enough, and you lose, your, you lose touch with yourself entirely. And the way you maintain momentum is to not see the momentum, but see the production as having value. I want to do this. Now, does that mean that I'm able to do it with the sort of flourish and, and dedication of resources that I think I can? I don't know. I might be overestimating myself once again, but <clears throat> I can live now with the disappointments of not carrying on with the extreme goals I set because I no longer set goals at pass-fail. I set them at standards of, of success. And what do I mean by that? Well, I am successful this year already because I've outdone anything I've ever done before. Check. I'm successful. I'm successful this year because I managed to maintain my integrity a voice across all of it. I don't feel false in what I've presented here in the least. Check. I have succeeded because this is already episode 218. In a single year, I've produced, wait, what was the number? 6,300 uh, minutes of content, I think. I don't know. I saw the number somewhere. And it was 6,000-something. And that's without December. So, more coming. And so, success in this has already been achieved. Because of that, now it's important to refine my approach towards success for next year. Because getting this much done, in other words, producing at this level, was step one. Now, that I've proven I can produce at this level, well, what does production look like going forward? Because it can't just look like hitting the record button and letting my mouth do a fountain of who knows what. Or can it? I mean, it can, but that would be sort of like doing year one all over again. 11-11, booyah! But instead of living my life in replay fashion, uh, what I want to do is I want to set some level of uh, of extension standard for this uh, effort next year. In other words, outreach will become one of the factors that was never a factor this year. Pause. Okay, I gotta say, when you go from 11-11 to 11-33, it's almost like it's time to go buy a lottery ticket in the other universe of 33-11 superiority. But in this universe, buying lottery tickets is dumb. I mean, even if I won the lottery, do you know how quickly I would be back to zero dollars? I would be the poster boy of all those stories of 
Well, maybe winning the lottery is not as great as you think, because in most cases, people end up with less money than they started with. Let's look at case number one. John from Denver. He won $87 billion, and within three and a half months, he was back down to nickels. Following his story will be his story all over again, because how the fuck did he do that? All right. 12 minutes and 23 seconds, 24 seconds of any, <coughs> anything? Have I brought anything yet? Is this all just la 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 letting people down and intense dream runs. Have I been trained to be patient? Should we take three non- associated thoughts and see if we can pull them all together and make fun of them in some sort of collective fashion. No, I don't want to do that either. But we could talk about these things and see if any overlap exists in the Venn diagram. Oh, God, that's awfully college graduate schooly. How about we just get out our highlighters and go find our comic book collection and then ruin a couple of Superman number ones? No? Okay. Have I been trained to be patient? Well, here's the thing. No. Because I've been trained to be impatient. And I recognize this. This one took a little bit of unwinding. Because, oh my God, are we a give-it-to-me-now uh, cultural... Uh, hmm. Uh, standard, I guess. Here in America, just the idea of credit. I want something that I don't have enough clout to get, so will you loan me the clout so I can get it now, and then I'll pay you back? Instead of, I really want that sweet-ass new bicycle in the store window. I think I'll save the $899 it takes to buy it. If you're not trained to think that you deserve things yesterday, well, then you stop feeling left out of what you don't have today. And for me, it was a matter of getting rid of everything. I just got rid of everything. I don't know. I don't know shit. I mean, I took a shit this morning, so I kind of owned that till I flushed it. But that having left my life, I really don't own shit. And part of this is something I've always known. I came to Earth, or I feel like I arrived on Earth knowing two things. One, I was here to witness something. And two, that I didn't need to gather up anything. There was no reason to hoard because there was nothing hoarding was going to do, ultimately, for me. That came off awfully easily. Looks sweet without the label, though. Um, <clears throat> in other words, money is soon to be irrelevant. But it was something I've known my whole life that I definitely wasn't going to chase dollars. Nor was I going to chase things. I wanted to chase experience. I wanted to chase the now. And I wanted it as intense as it could manifest. 
And I got a lot of that. Probably more of it than I really needed. But inside of all that, I can feel the rush of doing more at all times than was necessary if I'd have just been syncing up with what I wanted inside. In, in so many ways, I was always demonstrating to people that I had my shit together. When I knew inside, I didn't. My biggest falsity was pretending that I was okay. When I was far from it. And when I say far from it, I mean... I had constant thoughts of self-annihilation. I had constant thoughts of this world being more than I can bear. I had constant thoughts of how savage and brutal an experience it is to be on this earth. And I had constant thoughts of loss, of damage, of hurt, of suffering. And it was, it wasn't sought. I didn't uh, immerse myself in the stories of woe of planet Earth at all. I'm a white middle-class American for fuck's sake. I'm watching The Matrix 2. I have none of that. But I was, it, it took me understanding how much I soak in that which is around me as a defense mechanism to revealing how lost I am within me. So when I found myself, well, all of a sudden, none of that other behavior made sense. And I know this is way off track from, have I been trained to be patient? But... I retrained myself patience as a countermeasure to the wham-bam-thank-you-ma'am culture I'm currently immersed within. If you feel like standing in line is the worst fucking thing ever, then start to learn some patience. Start to understand that if you walk up to the line at Costco and it's 30 minutes... Or it's 40 minutes if you pick the wrong line. But it's somewhere between those two times. Well, what does that really give you? It gives you 30 to 40 minutes of completely non-involved time because all you have to do is move a shopping cart four feet once or twice or 16 times. So what does a half hour of free time mean? Yes, you're encumbered by the geographical stability that you have to maintain, but you could have a book with you. You could have an article online to finish. You could have so many things that instead of being frustrated at the situation, see it as an opportunity to practice your patience. So I've been trained to be patient. No, I was trained to be impatient and I learned to be patient. And because of it, my life is so much better. Letting people down. Okay, this one sucks because I let people down all the fucking time. (laughs) And by people, I mean family. And by letting them down, I mean anything from stealing cash from their houses 
to uh, uh, not showing up to an event that I forgot about to um, uh, calling them up to get bailed out of jail. I mean, I have let people down on the scale of 1 to 10 at least at 11, if not at 43. Or have I? I mean, yeah, I have. I have. That was just the tip of the iceberg. The Gobleked Tepe iceberg. Uh, with that little rant of things that I have called family for or transgressed them against. So I could get dirty here. But what if I told you that I know I'm on planet Earth manifesting in this time and space? To teach forgiveness. Well then, what do all my previous actions mean? They mean that I've given my family plenty of ways to come back to me and forgive me. Now, I have to earn that. But forgiveness is the big one. Forgiveness is the one you learn because you can completely understand that any circumstance other than the one you're in could have resulted in all the other realities that are around you. You're not special. You're not uniquely built for success in a universe full of chaos. You're none of the above. You're an extension of source, lost in your aloneness, unsure in your consequence of linear space-time, what it all means and how you're going to make the best of what you've got left. That's what you are. And you can't let people down. The only person you can let down is yourself. And if you're letting yourself down, it's time to stop. All right, we're going to end this one with intense dream runs. <clears throat> because I've been on one. And I'll get on them. What I mean by intense dream runs is... Either a person, a location, an event, an activity, or even a scenario become persistent. When you start having repetition in your dreams of any kind, character, decade, you name it, pay attention. The thematic run of dreams is always messaging you. And it's up to you to either get lucid enough to step into those scenarios and find out what the fuck they're really about or aware enough that you know they're there and you can interpret what their message is, hopefully, in 3D space-time. If you can, if you can uh, lucid dream yourself into these scenarios, this is where the camel lionesses are waiting to tell you everything you need to know. So, pay attention to your intense dream runs. The one I'm having currently is a weird one. As a matter of fact, I'm almost having to come to the realization that uh, my, my ex-girlfriend, who I describe as RB on fire, uh, I think might be like part of my soul group. Boy, is she all over my fucking dreams lately. Like we're on riverboats and we're in Louisiana and we're in, I mean, it's just, it's like gator country, but sophisticated. Oh, just some weird fucking shit. And she's always let me know that 
I never figured out that she was my guardian angel soulmate. And <coughs> so now she holds it against me. Did I treat her to like such shit? And this is what, what my dreams are. Like she, she comes at me with all these fucking, why, why'd you have to be such a dick? Why are you so, why are you so, why are you so full of yourself the whole time I knew you? I mean, it's like I'm, I'm, I'm constantly having to defend myself to her in my dreams. So, why her? She's, of, if I were to list out 15 characters from my actual past that would fill the role of gnawing away at me with what I deserve, she wouldn't make the list. I mean, she's just, one, too nice, two, too nice, and three, not mean enough. So, intense dream runs mean something. Can I step into my dream and lucid my way to a conversation with her? Yeah, I do it every dream. But maybe this time I'll be able to ask her why she keeps showing up. I have yet to be able to get that question out, and that's the one that I want to know the answer to. Just like you would want to know the answer to any intense dream run you're running through. And repeat dreams, especially repeat lucid dreams, well, it's it's time to almost go right to sleep and get back into that dream and figure out what that message is, because it's urgent. It's today. It's stuff you need to be enacting now. So, and I've done this. When I will wake up from a lucid dream that ends abruptly and I don't get the answers, I will try to get back to sleep as quickly as possible. Even if it was a nap on a Sunday afternoon and I literally have shit to do, if I'm in that scenario, it now outweighs anything else. And that is another way that I would let people down. Because you know what that does? That makes you late to a lot of shit. Okay, I really don't want to end with profanity because that's kind of how I title these things. So, because I said the word shit... We're now going to end with a preview of what we will be talking about next time. And next time, what do we want to talk about here? Lift for the swirl? How you going, babe? Nope, we've already kind of talked about those two, to be honest. So, how about... Um, no apologies for my golf insanity? Why did I have to write that down? Who would apologize for that? Uh, why did I fold... My hand of life. Okay, that will do.